Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. So as we all know, this week's been kind of a rough week for our city um, with everything that happened at Covenant. As you may or may not know, I'm a, I'm a school teacher. I teach at Hillsborough. So I was about a mile away from everything that was going on. And so, you know, for us, um, you know, being in lockdown and, you know, experiencing the unknown and the, and the fear amongst uh, the situation, um, you know, it's been, it's been pretty traumatic. But um, the good news is, is that we have, you know, a living God who protects us, who loves us, who is here for us. You know, my heart from the very beginning when everything kind of went down is really focused around um, the children, um, their families, really wishing and, and praying for overwhelming peace um, for their minds and their hearts so that we can, they can overcome the trauma that they experienced this week. Um, so my prayer is, um, is shalom, is peace for their, for their hearts, their minds. Um, I pray that the Holy Spirit can soothe them um, that they can find solace in knowing that, that their, their children, their friends are with the Heavenly Father at this moment. And I just pray that um, as a community, we can come together, rally, put aside any differences, put aside any bickering, and, and find community and, and, and find that, um, find peace. And so that's my prayer. So. Doc, Dr. Josh, you, Josh is our children's director, mm-hmm. Dr. Josh, but you also teach high school. I do. At at Hillsboro. At Hillsboro. So we also were down the street Monday when it happened. The interesting thing was, I was actually on a WhatsApp call with Uval Art School just outside of Jerusalem when it happened, and my phone started blowing up. And what was eerie for me was, you know, here this Christian school down the street for me is getting hit at the same time we're talking about partnership between Nashville and Jerusalem and raising up the next generation of worshipers, you know, the children to to lead worship and to lead Israel in worship and then to bring them to the nations to show the world um, who the God of Israel really is through worship. And as we're talking about that, and she's sharing with me how in her ministry, her family has been under spiritual attack. My phone starts blowing up. And I said, you know, people, something's going on. I better get off the phone. And I found out. That's when it happened, and shortly thereafter, the sirens going back and forth at the bottom of my street all morning from Covenant to to Vanderbilt. I live in between the two. And then in the afternoon, all afternoon, it was the helicopters overhead because um, Audrey Hale, the, the shooter, lived at the end of my block. So I went to pick up my kids, and that's when we realized we turned the corner to go to the school and it was barricaded. So every day when I drive past now, I 
I actually look to see if anyone has brought flowers or food or anything for her family. There hasn't been much. It, it's hard to go through something like that and pray for those that you consider the enemy. But we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities. And the darkness is getting darker, but that's actually good news because that means the light's gonna get brighter too because the wheat and the tares grow up together. So if we're seeing the enemy fighting back, it's because Yeshua's on the move. Amen. I have children that are in the um, Sister Presbyterian school, so um, I like so many on Monday. Can't believe that we have lived through this as a as a community. But I'm just going to read a couple of the thoughts that the Holy Spirit has put on on my heart. Yeshua, Jesus promised in John 16:33, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble." But take heart, for I have overcome the world. As we have struggled and processed this week, we have also seen firsthand the posture of forgiveness in our community and from those directly affected by this terrible tragedy. They call Jesus Yeshua, their Lord and Savior, and who live in an understanding of these words that Jesus spoke to us. I've heard of personal stories of tenderness during these moments, of brothers and sisters lifting up brothers and sisters during the most fragile of times. I've seen and heard countless stories of people pulling together in amazing ways, from creating flower memorials, baskets of food, ribbons of remembrance around the town, gathering funds to cover funeral costs, and even hearing of the generosity from the weekly covenant school pizza delivery person as he dropped off a pizza box in the midst of the flowers being placed at the school sign, where he told witnesses how excited the children were to see him every week and that pizza box was all he could give to show his appreciation, and so he gave what he had. It is so clear that the hands and feet of Jesus, Yeshua, have been out front and center this week, and no doubt that the Spirit has moved in ways we may never know. When hearing that the staff was off this past Monday, providing mostly empty halls, it is no doubt the Lord had his hand and protection even in the midst of his of this and in all of his sovereignty. We also heard that the school just very recently implemented a new protocol to be put into place for this very moment, which no doubt saved countless lives because of the wisdom of the leaders and the providential timing and a prompting of the spirit on their hearts most recently. We know that God is in the business of making beauty from ashes, and as the full story has yet to be shared and written, this Nashville story will be no different. If you come over to my house, you will see a carved etching with the beautiful hymnal, wor hymnal words from It Is Well With My Soul on top of our piano. It is my favorite hymn and it is the hymn of choice during the prayer vigil this past Monday at Christ Presbyterian Church. Upon seeing this on Monday, I thought it would be fitting that I would read the words from this song. And if you have a chance, I really encourage you to dig in deep to the story of the family and all the tragedy not only from before the writing of the song, during the writing of the hymn, after the writing of the hymn, and then what brought the entire family back to Israel where the, the daughter ended up being um, very influential and, be, and becoming friends with Mark Twain, Winston Churchill, and the story is so beautiful that only God could write it. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, 
Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, through trials should come. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but in whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We thank the Lord for his sovereignty, for his goodness, and we are so thankful that he is in the business of making beauty out of ashes. We just want to take a moment to light candles for those who were lost. So, Evelyn Dickhouse, Kaylee Scruggs, Catherine Koontz, Cynthia Peak, Mike Hill, and William Kinney. The hard thing about being a cantor is when these kinds of things happen, not only do you have to speak about it, you have to sing about it. <laughs>
One word that I want us to take with us today is the word nehama. Say it with me, nehama. That means comfort, comfort. And as you know, Ken and I were away for almost a whole week on on-site on program uh, for parents. It's called no, Life After, After loss. loss. So I'm gonna start with a verse, Psalm 94, 19. In the multitude of my anxious thoughts within me, your comforts cheer and delight my soul. And that's what the Lord did for me all this week. First of all, I didn't want to go. I was incredulous of what may happen there. I just kind of refused, and I was kind of like obligated to go. And I can tell you, it really changed my life in many, many, many ways. I have tremendous gratitude to God for giving Ken and I the opportunity to, to attend this workshop. As an unknown author said, grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief isn't a sign of weakness, nor lack of faith. It is the price of love. To heal from loss, doesn't mean to get over it or pretend that it never happened. As Leo Tolstoy said, only people who are capable of loving strongly can suffer great sorrow. This same necessity of loving may also ease their grief and help them to heal. I think that's very profound and deep uh, to think about it. The connections we make with other parents who have experienced the loss of a child are so precious. Together, we were all vulnerable and able to have honest heart-to-heart -heart sharing of our stories, experiences, strength, and hope. It helped us out us all tremendously. We were blessed with a group, with an incredible group, a new family that we have now. Being there with each one of them was a very important part of healing because we share a common denominator. We all want to take every step toward healing and going forward in our daily lives. It's okay to be sad. It's okay when all these waves come suddenly, no matter how long it has been, it's gonna be until we are in God's presence because that grief and that pain, that sadness never goes away. But we learned as a group, we were 47 people there we all pour our hearts, we all cry, we all laugh a little bit, we all just by looking, he said, make connections. We kept looking at one another and they kept saying, make connections. And we kept looking at one another just in the eyes and we knew, we knew exactly how they felt and we knew how we felt. I thank God because he gave me the opportunity to empty myself in a place that was 
no threatening, in a place that I could open up, in a place where they say there's sacredness here. We keep everything for ourselves and with one another. We make a commitment. We share all these things with one another and just from their stories for what they went through, why we identify with one another of all the, all the hardships that we went through. I'm just telling you, I will treasure this in my heart like, like you cannot imagine. When we came back, the Lord gave me this. It's in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. It says, and that's where the Nashema, the comfort of God comes and how we act upon it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Messiah, Yeshua, the Father of compassion, of sympathy, of pity, of mercy, and the God who is the source, source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement, who comforts, consults, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, consult, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort and consolation and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as Messiah's sufferings fall to our lot, as they overflow upon all of us, and we experience them abundantly, so through Messiah's comfort is also shared and experienced abundantly with us. So I feel that my mission now is to comfort others, you know, to find those people that are in need. And I just said, let me tell you, it's not black and white. It's not this way. Okay, you know the word, you know the Bible, it's this way, you should be happy, you should be this way, and, and, and so on. It's not like that at all. Each one of our, our makeup is totally different. We all react to things differently. We need to accept that. We need to comfort people. We need not to judge. And we need to not to say, are you over it? You should be over it. You should continue your life. It's not like that at all, let me tell you. It's totally different. So let's learn how to comfort one another. Let's learn how to love one another. Let's learn God's word and share it in love, in love. And as I said, now we have a community. People, we, they said that when we were going to come out of this, it's going to be like a bubble in which we need to process everything. And it's going to take like a month. Yes, it will. But I can tell you, I came a changed person. And one important thing was to be totally disconnected from phones, electronics, and everything. Try it. Let me tell you, it's going to change your life. Amen. I'm going to share a song, a song I wrote for Samuel that I've shared before. Michael's going to help me with, because I think it will minister. Uh, I think God does want me to do it, so it will minister to if anyone has lost, lost someone. And we know... They're not lost. They've departed. They've gone on. 
graduated, they've been promoted, I think was one term, transitioned, other terms we might use, they've gone into the presence of the Lord, but as Francis said, this was the best thing we've, I can't think, better thing we've done for our marriage, this was unbelievable, I had a fear, to be honest, that it would almost bring us apart, and it brought us so much together, it was just amazing, um, so I'm so grateful for it, it's, it's funded by a foundation, it costs us very little, it was funded, it's funded by, um, by a, a couple that lost their son, I think five years ago, um, and that live actually close to us in our area, and they fund it through a golf tournament. It's amazing, as Francis said, uh, you know, that we have new friends that are lifelong friends now, uh, these, and God totally orchestrated it, the people that we were with, our, our particular group. But the only comment I wrote down is to say, our leader, who was amazing, just our, our, our team leader, um, but we heal in community. And, uh, you know, we get hurt. I forget how the first part was. We get hurt, maybe alone or whatever, or individually, but we heal in community. That is so true. That is so true. You can't heal alone. You cannot heal alone. And I played this, did this there, and it, it helped a lot of folks, this song that we wrote. I wrote a few months after, uh, after Shmuel, after Samuel went to be with Yeshua. I pray this, Lord, may this be a blessing to you if you've lost anyone. <clears throat> Feel free to join in the chorus when uh, we'll see you again, if you have. Tender-hearted son of mine Your love for all was so divine too quickly taken from the vine Yeshua saying you are mine The battle grew stronger The pain too severe Our Father said come to me and now you are
miss you so greatly the pain so severe I know that he loves you more but I wish you were the Lord. Leviticus chapter 6, actually where David read the parsha uh, earlier. That's the verse I wanted to just focus on. But before that, I got a quick quiz, a few questions, Passover, Pesach quiz, because Passover's this coming up this week. And how many are looking forward to Passover, matzah? Have, how many eat matzah brai? Eat matzah? I love making matzah brai. What did the ancient Hebrews do with the leftovers of the Passover lamb? Darn, he got it. All right. Michael always gets it. What did you say? No leftovers. All right. David and Michael got it. All right. There weren't any. According to tradition, it was forbidden to have leftovers because, yeah, you're just supposed to eat the whole. The entire lamb had to be eaten. People organized themselves into groups to ensure that there were enough people to finish the animal. Question number two is three questions. What item on the Seder plate was introduced first, the roasted egg or the carpas? The carpas is the parsley or, you know, the greens. Very good, very good. The carpus was introduced in the first century before the destruction of the temple. The egg was introduced after the destruction of the temple to commemorate it. And different theories on the egg. Why that egg is there? Because it's not eaten. Zola Levitt, I mention it when I go to churches, I have to think, Sometimes don't get some good looks, but I mentioned what Saul Levitt said, that he thought it was a pagan intrusion into the Seder. It was from the pagan fertility goddesses. And all of a sudden people go, what? <laughs> oh, my Easter egg hunt is gone. I don't believe in having Easter egg hunts. I believe in having matzo ball hunts. So, all right. Last question. In one ancient custom to commemorate the way the Hebrews left Egypt, the leader and the Seder participants passed the afikomen, 
you know, he's matzah that's wrapped and hidden, to pass the afikomen around, here's a, it's a multiple choice, A, with their hands behind their backs, B, from mouth to mouth, C, under the table, D, on their shoulders. The answer is D, on their shoulders to commemorate the exodus from Egypt with their kneading bowls bound up on, in their clothes on their shoulders, Exodus 12, 34. Pretty cool, huh? Father, we just pray you bless this short teaching this morning. Leviticus 6, verses 5 and 6, the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. So, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. B'Shem Yeshua, we pray, Father. Amen. It must not go out. And this describes the elevation burnt offering, which was the first sacrifice in the inauguration of Aaron and his sons, assuming the priesthood, the beginning of their careers as Kohanim, as priests. Now, it's difficult for us to visualize all of these animal sacrifices, the offerings. We read about not having a temple now. Uh, these were the first brought and done at the Mishkan, the tabernacle, that's where they were brought, the tabernacle, the Mishkan, and later at the Beit Hamikdash, both first and second temples, holy temples. In verse 2 of Leviticus 6, command Aaron and his son, saying, this is the Torah of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall remain on the hearth atop the altar all night until the morning while the fire on of the altar is kept burning on it. These were burnt offerings, one in the afternoon, evening, and the one in the morning. And the Hebrew word is hola. Let's say hola. Are you greeting me in Spanish, or what is this here? Hola, hola. Hola. That's the way it sounds, and it means to rise up. You know, aliyah comes from this, to, to go up, to rise. To, but it means hola, hola, to rise. It's up, literally, and it's totally, it, the Ola is totally consumed, burnt up until nothing is left but the ashes. And unlike other sacrifices, none of it is eaten. It's not for eating, not for consumption, none of it's eaten. It all ascends to God in an aroma and is discarded as ashes. So maybe a picture, one picture is we give our all to our Messiah, our King and we're consumed for his sake. We are consumed for his sake. Paul says, my eager expectation and my hope, the rabbi Paul says, it's my hope that in no way will I be put to shame, but that with complete boldness, Messiah, Yeshua, will be, even now as always, exalted in my body, whether through life or through death. To me, to live is Messiah, and to die is gain. To live is Messiah, and to die is gain. So whether by life or by death. Verses 3 and 4, the Kohen is to remove the fat ashes where the fire has consumed the burnt offering in the altar and put them beside the altar. Then he is to take off his garments, put on other ones, and carry the ashes outside the camp. So get rid of the ashes. Get rid of the ashes. And it was an important, not a menial job. 
So the most menial jobs may be the most noble in the eyes of God. Putting away items after service, that's not a, a menial job, it's a noble job in God's eyes. And then in order to go forward, we need to clean out ashes, always clean out the ashes, get a fresh start in our lives. That's a good principle to take. But the fire has to be kept burning. Think about it, on the altar continually, it must not go out. Now, by means of the two daily burnt offerings, a perpetual fire was kept burning at the temple altar day and night, and even on the Shabbat, even on the Shabbat, on the Sabbath. Josephus describes a special day in which everyone would bring wood, couldn't bring olive wood, and couldn't, not to bring olive wood, not to bring grapevines, but any other kind of wood was permissible, was fine, suitable, for the altar so that the fuel would never be lacking. And according to the rabbis, Moses' altar burnt for 116 years, 39 years in the wilderness, in the desert, 14 in Gil Gilgal, 13 in Nob, and 50 in Gibeon. Now, think about it. God, this fire burning, God is continually, perpetually being worshipped in heaven. In the altar of Shemaim, Shemaim, let's say Shemaim. Shemaim is the word for the heavens. Heaven is a plural word in the Bible. It's not, there's no really word for singular heaven. It's just Shemaim. It's the heavens. Paul talks about going to the third heaven, right? In a, in a vision. In rabbinic literature, this talks about seven heavens. And there's, you know, how we don't know. But it's a plural word, just like many words in the Bible are. And there's worship always going on at the altar in, in the Shemaim, in, in Shemaim, in heavens. Revelation 4 says the four living creatures, they don't rest day or night, chanting, Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzavot, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, who was and who is and who is to come. He's, he always is. He always, God is not, uh, is not a noun. He's a verb. God always is the God who is. He is, he, he can't, we can't describe him. And the fire worshiping him never goes out. Think about it. And we must not let the fire go out in our lives. Well, how do we do that? Well, there's a few ways, several ways. We, I would say hearing the voice of God through his word will ignite the fan uh, and fan the flame in our hearts into a fire. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit upon the word, upon the scriptures, what does it do? It's the word, you know, as a voice of the Lord upon the waters, Psalm 29 says. The Holy Spirit upon the word, you know. His word is a burning fire, Jeremiah says in 29 and 23, 29. The two disciples in uh, Ironside, a great, great uh, Christian commentator, I love him, I, he was a Scottish Christian commentator. He says, he th thinks that couple in Luke 24 were actually uh, the two people were actually a married couple. He says, why not? And I never thought about it until I read that. But when, when Yeshua, after his resurrection, has talked with them, remember, and they didn't know who it was. He disguised himself, didn't let them know who he was. And, and then afterwards, they said, after all that time, and he went through, so they said, did not our hearts burn, our heart burn within us while he was speaking with us on the road, while he was opening up and ex or explaining the scriptures to us? And, and, uh, and, Previously, they said he, it said he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Can you imagine being in that Bible study? 
He's opening up all the things about himself in the, in the Tanakh, in the Torah, the Navim, the Ketuvim, the law, the prophets, and the writings, and he's just expounding it all about himself. Wow, what a Bible study, Luke 24. So hearing the voice of the Lord through his word ignites the fire in us uh, as we hear him. Community, kahila. You know what kahila means? We are a kahila. We are a congregation. The word uh, kahila or congregation, it means to gather for a purpose. When we gather, it's not just to get together. It's not just to get together. It's to gather for a purpose. And that's what kahila means, congregation, kahal. Uh, ecclesia, of course, the Greek word for, for church, really means the outcalled of God, called out. We're called out, but we're called out to gather together for a purpose and to go. And we're called because, think about it, one piece of wood, light, a piece, light, light one piece of wood, and how many of you made a, have made a fire before? And you light one piece of wood and just leave that one piece of wood, what's going to happen? It's going to go out, but put it together with, keep at, put more wood, a lot of wood with it, and, you got, and it will burn together. One piece of wood will burn out, but together we burn well. Together we burn well. We're on mission together. We're, we're praying, praying together, healing together, healing together, as we've mentioned today, going into all the world with the good news, the besorah, together together. Together, I love teams going as we go out as a team, not just solo, team, doing it together. Wood had to be constantly replenished on the altar. The ashes had to continually be removed. We've got to be renewed. And if the fire grew low, grew low the Kohen, the priest, needed to stir up the flame into life again. Stir it up. Preach the word. Proclaim the word. Stir it up. Much more effort than flicking a switch or pushing a button, right? It took constant upkeep, a lot of effort and diligence. Fire has to be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. Again, Leviticus 6, verses 5 and 6. The memories of our loved ones. The memories of our loved ones. Keep them burning Make intentional times to share them together with your families, your friends, your family especially. Don't let their memories die. They must not go out. Our love for the Lord, keep it aflame. Share Yeshua with someone who doesn't know him and you'll rediscover your love for him. If you feel your love has like gotten you know, lame and gotten, you know, gotten weak for the Lord. Try sharing him and you say, well, I don't have any, I don't, maybe I even don't even feel like my, I don't, I don't feel strong to share right now. Just try, just start to talk about him. There's a beautiful, I love the story. It's in Shir Hashirim, Song of Songs, chapter five, where someone asks her, she's really self-focused, self-down, depressed, and she's just all all about herself, how bad things are, and oh, it's poor, you know, it's, everything's bad. And someone says to her, What's, what about, who's your beloved? Tell me about your beloved. And she starts to talk about her bridegroom, starts to talk about him, 
And he says, what's your, what's your big, the big deal about your beloved? You know, and she starts to talk about it. And by the end of the chapter, she says, this is my beloved. He's amazing. And, and she's, she's all, she forgot about all, her, about all her problems. And she's, she's back in love with her, her beloved. So try talking, sharing the Lord with someone. And you'll, 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 it'll rekindle your flame for the Lord. You'll realize how much you do love him and how much you remember what he did for you. Anyone, that ever happened to anyone? Really, it's, it's, it's really, it really is true because what is, you have is needed by someone else and, that, and that'll draw, you know, draw it out of you. I'm talking about someone that doesn't know the Lord and is, is open to him. The Lord's love for us never stops burning. This is my final thought. The Lord's love for us never stops burning. Judah, or Jude, says to keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude 21, or Judah, Yehuda. Jude 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Remind yourself that he loves you with an everlasting love. First Bible I got, other, other than my, my Jewish Bible, I'm talking about a, a Bible, the whole Bible, I picked it up at a yard sale after I'd become a believer. I was walking and I saw this big, old, big Bible and I bought, bought it for like $3 or whatever. And I went home and I went into my closet. I've told this story before. I, saw, I read where Jesus said, to go pray in your closet. And it was King James, you know. So I, I didn't know. It really just meant go in a room. But I went into my closet. I closed the door. And I flipped it open. I'll never forget. I flipped it to Jeremiah 31.3. He says, the Lord has appeared to me from afar saying, yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And boom, I said, thank you, Lord. I believe it. I you love me with an everlasting He loves you with an everlasting love and with loving kindness, with chesed. He's drawn you to himself. The love of your bridegroom is as strong as death. Its flames are flames of fire. A most vehement flame in Shir Hashirim, in Song of Solomon 8, 6. Don't let it... Go out in your daily consciousness. The Lord loves you with an everlasting love. He does, no matter, don't, go, don't let that flame go out. Fire has to be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. So Lord, we thank you for this altar. Help us keep the fire, these fires, this fire going in these different areas of our lives, oh God. Lord, we want that fire of your love burning. We want the fire, this fire, Lord, of your word burning, Lord, the fire of the Holy Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, Lord, the fire of your love through us for others, Lord, oh God. Oh, these, the fire of memories for other, our loved ones, Lord, the fire of community, Lord. We pray, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it's, that, that it never, it never needs to go out and doesn't go out in heaven and Shemayim, doesn't go out, and it doesn't need to go out in our lives. But it, if it has, feels like it's gotten dim, we can stir it back up, get out the ashes, get rid of the ashes, get rid of the complaining, get rid of the, the, the whatever it is that's in the way. Lord, and thank you, and thank you, Lord. Put the wood on, help receive from others, Lord, from others receive and get the fire going again, Lord fire of your love. Build ourselves up in our most holy faith in Jude 20 and keep ourselves in a love of God, Lord. Praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude continues to say actually in that verse, Lord, 
Thank you, Lord, for the fire, the esh, esh, the fire. If you've never trusted Yeshua, if you've never prayed that simple prayer, listen, always want to have an invitation. Just open the door of your heart. Humble yourself. God, I need you. I want to have that fire start. Maybe it's never begun. Oh, God, I want to know you. Thank you for sending Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah, to die for my sins, to atone for my sins. Come into my life. Make me new, Lord God. I want you. I need you. I'm receiving you. Let us know if you're praying that, if you're watching virtually. Let us know you want that new start. It's a brand new start, a new life. Oh, we want you to have it too. It's, you'll never regret it. If you're here this morning, you're praying it, come and pray with someone to seal that prayer. He'll, he, 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 God will answer it. He loves you. <laughs> unto you. The Lord bestows favor upon you and gives you his peace. Amen. Bishem Yeshua. Amen. Um,